0: Thanks for Pushing Play. I'm Gary Lee. I'm Harlan Hutchison. It's Ozarks Overtime, a weekly podcast of uh, our take on sports. And, well, here we are. I, You know, Harlan, this is uh, – there's a lot of sports going on this time of year at every level.
1: But more so now because everything's so compacted because of the COVID thing, which uh, makes it, like you said, even busier – But, uh, you know, if you like sports, and it looks like that we've got at least a sort of a handle on the COVID thing, it's not quite the issue that it was. So hopefully things will keep going at a pace and we'll be able to get through things and maybe get back on a regular schedule before very long. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, Congratulations we'll send out to
0: the Thayer Bobcats. Uh, They're going to be playing in the quarterfinal game. Tomorrow night, which we're recording this on March 4th, Thursday. Tomorrow night, there will be in action. Also, congratulations to the Hartville Eagles. They're going to be playing in the Class Three quarterfinal game. And uh, the West Plains Ladies Zizzers are going to be playing in a championship game tomorrow night at the West Plains Civic Center. And the Ava Bears will be playing in a championship game Friday night at mountain grove so there's still some area teams that are duking it out fighting for that ever elusive final
1: four appearance and who do you think has the best chances well i, I don't know it really depends on how the bracket breaks because there's uh, some cases where you see teams get out of their district which might be a pretty tough district and then next thing you know you're playing someone that's 11 and 11 On the year, so you don't know what it's going to be like for. But really, if you get out of your district, you're two wins from the final four. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're really close to it. And so teams that you know had a had a kind of a hard year are still, and some of them are still alive. But if you know, if you make it out of your district, you've got a shot. Mm -hmm. Just depending on who you have to go up against. Oh, and I I
0: failed to mention the uh, the Norwood boys. They're going to be playing Crane Friday night, and that's at Norwood uh in the quarterfinals so you know we've we got to see uh, a little dab of norwood the last couple of years in the couple holiday tournament and uh you know looking at crane i'll bring up crane's record um they're 19 and 5 and norwood is i don't know if norwood's got 19 wins or not i'm going to say they got 22 wins they're 22
1: and 5. That's pretty. That's pretty salty stuff right there, and in, especially in their classification. And they are class what? They are class two. Two, in class two basketball, you know, twenty-two wins. Well, that's a good season regardless of the class. But I'll tell you, Norwood. Once you get in, you got a you got a chance. Now Crane is always good. Yeah, always good, and that'll be. That'll prob- probably be one of the toughest games that they've played all season. So for them to win that game will be tough. But they're playing at home, and they've got a team that can score. So you've got an opportunity. Well, they played with
0: Thayer. They played right with Thayer. I mean, it was you know four-point ball game. And uh, so that's a pretty good measuring stick right there. Good luck to Norwood. Hartville in Class 3. They will be up against, well, they played them twice already, Greenwood, number two in the state in Class 3, playing number one in the state in Hartville. And that game has been moved to, uh, they had to move it to SBU in Springfield, uh, or I'm sorry, Baptist Bible College in Springfield, uh,
1: because too many people want to go. I can't imagine them trying to shoehorn everybody into that Hartville gym. That would just be a nightmare, especially with, well, you know. Yeah. So that that makes a lot more sense. and gives more people a chance to see that game. And, boy, they say it's hard to beat someone three times in one season, and you throw on top of that that it's it's Greenwood. No, that's really – if Hartville wins that game, I'd say that they are odds-on to win the whole thing. This is the game they got to get by right here.
0: Yeah, uh, because looking at – okay, if they get by – now, other people will say, well, you got Thayer. That's yeah, and that's out who there. would be, well, either Thayer. They would play Thayer in the first round of the Final Four or Lift for Life Academy Charter. St.
1: Saint, Saint Louis yeah.
0: Charter School. And they're uh, they're 10 and 11. Don't let that fool you. No, they lost to Lutheran St. Charles, Cardinal Ritter, Helias Catholic, Soldan International Studies. They beat Roosevelt Metro, they lost to Christian, they lost to Oakville.
1: These are all almost all St. Louis schools that you're talking about here. So, yeah. The fact that they were 500 and most of those schools, if I'm correct, that you just mentioned are much bigger schools than a class uh class yeah. 3 school.
0: Now, I have seen Cape Central play earlier and they lost to them. Um I'm going to say there's going to win by 15 i've just i don't know that much about them i just looking at some of the teams that they've played that i really know nothing about other than you know have an idea where they're at but uh cape central i am familiar with them and they lost to them 62 35 and so um well if you got something
1: to kind of compare it to then you can
0: yeah you know and I was not that impressed by Cape Central at all. So I'm gonna say Thayer's gonna win by double digits. Now, with that, who's had the harder row? I mean, Hartville and that's the thing. I think that's why I've just kind well, of no got one's this, played a better
1: schedule than right, Hartville has.
0: And I've kind of got this love affair with them because you look at, you know, they win their district. Wow. Now boom, you get Greenwood. You win your quarterfinal game. In the semifinals,
1: you get there. The only team that they haven't beat here in South Missouri or North Central Arkansas, for that matter, the only team they haven't beat that's real good is there. It's there. They've beat everybody else, everyone, including Class Six Kickapoo twice, twice, and Greenwood twice. Nixa. I'll t- I don't know. <laughs> they've they've done everything that they could. So now you get in the postseason, yeah, and and I you know I wonder I'm not a big fan of being undefeated. I'm with you at this time of the year. I'm with you because regardless of the game you're playing, that cannot help but sneak into the back of your mind, you know. Yeah. So, but the other thing though is you know when you're playing Greenwood and this time of the year you're always playing somebody good. You're not going to take anyone lightly. And you know you got to play, you got to play and play the best you can to win a basketball game. So I don't think that, that probably won't be a, as big a deal because I think Hartville probably has their heads on pretty square and pretty tight, and that wouldn't that wouldn't be an issue for them.
0: Yeah. Well, it's little, I'm just curious of because uh, I did not see the games uh, when they played Greenwood. Well, the Bass Pro Tournament champions it was a 48-31 game. Well, they didn't play a Bass Pro tournament championship. Well, this year. that yet yeah, right because they called it off, but it was what replaced that tournament. Right. Kickapoo Greenwood, Sunrise Christian Academy, and as you had pointed out, <laughs> they last scored 48-48 each game. All three games. But the first time they played uh I I, I don't see they don't have that score posted anywhere, so uh, but they have played twice. And uh, Hartville's won both times. So uh, it's just a crazy, crazy run. And that's what really makes this time of year so much fun is is following these teams. But now, uh, your alma mater, the Ava Bears, they are competing for a district title in Class four District eleven, and they're going to take on Hollister who is coached by an AVA alum,
1: Pete Mm -hmm. Leonard. Right. And, uh, boy, I tell you what. Well, you've seen both of those teams play now. So Hollister obviously put one on Liberty. So what's that mean for AVA then? Well, and Liberty put one on AVA. So
0: here's the thing. Hollister shot six for six from behind the three-point line on Wednesday night. They missed two shots. They out-rebounded Liberty in the first period, 11-2. to Enough said. Now, when Liberty played Ava, Liberty had that streak. Liberty could not miss. They just knocked the bottom out of it, and it was a big hole. And, you know, when you're down 21 points after one, that's a huge hole to try and recover. Now, there's plenty of time, but that's still a huge hole to overcome. They're going to play. That's going to be at Mountain Grove, right? That is going to be at Mountain Grove. It ought to be a really good game. I'm sorry, I'm leaning towards Hollister. I think, you know, here's the thing. They got six five, six five, six two, and and their two bigs are really good around the basket, and they can shoot the three. Um, number eleven and twenty two. That's the two
1: main players. They can play. They can play. Well, I haven't seen them, so uh, that's all on you. So you're saying Hollister's going to win that. Now,
0: looking at uh, Class 5, girls basketball, uh, the West Plains ladies scissors, agree or disagree. They caught a break by Marshfield
1: knocking out Rolla. Well, they did if they can beat Marshfield, but on the surface – You'd have to say, agree, but, you know, Marshfield is not a slouch. They've won 20. Yeah. And uh, beat Rolla at Rolla, which is something West Plains couldn't do. Mm-hmm. So I, don't th- I think that there might be a little bit of relief not having to play Rolla. That's something no one would admit. But maybe a little relief not having to play Rolla, but at the same time, that relief cannot carry over to being overconfident against Marshfield. Well, um, yeah, the uh, – let's see. Well, they
0: don't have any common – oh, here we go. Common opponents. Uh, okay. Marshfield lost to Bolivar. And uh, West was play, Lady Scissors won. Destroyed him. Yeah. Uh, then on the other side, Marshfield beat Rolla.
1: West Plains lost. And that goes closer to the truth, I think, because later in the year that happened here just the other night. So that kind of tells you who's playing well. And, you know, West Plains had to play to beat Helias the other night. They had a three-point lead in the early fourth quarter. And that game really turned on the play of Kenzie Brunson. She really Boy, she was really something. Every time they needed a basket, it seemed like in the second half, she was able to get them a basket. Yeah. So, you know, Kenzie's obviously playing well. And even though she didn't have many field goals, Ashton Judd really came up big. Uh, she got in a lot of foul trouble. She had four fouls early in the second half. And that was a big reason Elias was able to stay close. But uh, Ashton came back in and was real effective passing the ball to high posts and got him some easy baskets. So West Plains playing at the Civic Center, I think gives him a little 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 bit bit of an edge. Something of an edge.
0: Well, here's something kind of interesting. But, you know, the matchup of the two teams, the Marshfield Lady Jays and the West Plains Lady Zizzers. Points per game, Marshfield 55. West Plains, 55.3 uh points allowed per game Marshfield 41.8 West Plains 35.5 So
1: you expect it to be probably a low scoring game Yeah
0: and and even looking at the common opponents you know um it, it's yeah West Plains has been able to score a few more points in against their common opponents and also allow less points scored than what uh marshfield other than uh well the Ralla game you know um marshfield did better than that but i i'm, I'm gonna lean i'm leaning towards the Lady Zizzers um on that I, I think i think it'll be a good game and it's going to be at the civic center so plenty of room um come on out and show your support and you, you'll have that game on the radio as well correct KDY
1: 530 on friday night this time of the year, to me, it's who's playing better. Right. And, and now, we'll find that out. Th- here's the thing.
0: The winner of that game will get the winner of Bolivar and Willard.
1: Which I would have to believe would be Willard. But like, like you say, you never know. Yeah. And uh, Willard
0: overall... You know they've they've had a they've had a pretty nice season. They're twenty one and four. Yeah, they're
1: <laughs> they're they're no slouch. I mm-hmm. mean, twenty one wins you know, over the course of the season. So, and I and I'm not sure yet where that game will be played. Uh, yeah. I, think, I think that's to be determined. Yet. Yeah, yeah, and that's what's been
0: kind of a little bit. Hard to follow is Misha is trying to accommodate, like, uh, the Hartville-Greenwood game. That was going to be played at Hartville, but due to the amount of people that want to see that game, it couldn't be done, Mm -hmm. Uh, and and we're seeing that with some other games as well. So, yeah, it's a great time of year. Of course, uh, you know, the only team that Ozark Radio Sports has left to follow is the West Plains, West Plains. ladies scissors so good luck to them. And again, that'll be on the radio tomorrow night. And uh Harlan, the West Pla or the What Missouri State West Plains Grizzlies volleyball team, uh, they came up with a really nice region
1: win uh this week. It's odd now in the region, I think everyone has the same record. I think they're all one and one. Right. And so this is not a big region as far as number of teams it's going to be a really hard region and you got to get out of that to get to the national tournament.
0: Yeah, the Grizzlies uh they're 11 and 4 and I mean they're right the, the Lady Grizzlies are right there in the thick of things. It's uh it's still all up for grabs and uh they're next up next the Grizzlies uh will uh, it'll be their last home game of the season. So if you want to get a you want to check out these ladies uh it's, it's their last ones coming up. They're going to face St. Louis Community College, the Archers. And, uh, and uh, it's going to be a six thirty game on Tuesday, uh, March 9th at the West Plains Civic Center. That's what I was searching for.
1: And you hope that this is not the last time you see the Grizzlies at home. You hope that that's in the national tournament uh, coming down the road. But your record and where you are in the national rankings carries a lot of weight. When it comes, if you're if you get into the national tournament, they will use uh, the national rankings as a basis. If I if I understand this correctly, to seed the tournament. Mm-hmm. So, however well you're doing, if you're in the uh, top twenty, that that's good. And the uh, Lady Grizzlies are are in the top
0: twenty. Well, on the other side of uh, Grizzly Athletics is the basketball squad, and uh, they just picked up a win over the Archers, the St. Louis Community College Archers, last night, and the Grizzlies are 8-4 and four overall. Um, not, you know, we. the Grizzlies are finding when their shots aren't falling, they're finding other ways to win, and to me, I, I'm going to see them for the first time Saturday night, but to me it looks
1: like they have a little more defense in them than the last two or three years. I think it comes down to more just simply playing hard. And when they play hard, they're a pretty good basketball team, I think. They're 8-4. and four. Monday night, they lost to Three Rivers at the Civic Center, 106-88. to 88. Two things happened in that game. Number one, Three Rivers. And Coach Fay and I agreed on this on the uh, postgame. Their best player did not play in the first game. His name is Monique Hardman. Six, he's a 6'3 kid from Poplar Bluff. He is one of the hardest-working kids I've ever seen on the basketball floor he had after not playing in the first game to me he was the difference he had 14 points and 15 rebounds wow now 15 rebounds 15 rebounds 14 points 15 rebounds he didn't miss a shot from the field he's a good defender Uh, you just anyone would take him on their basketball team Hmm. he's not a big guy but he plays bigger and he was a big difference maker the other difference was speaking of rebounds The Grizzlies down there at Poplar Bluff out-rebounded Three Rivers 42-40. The other night, they got out-rebounded 52-34. Wow. That is a staggering difference, which the Grizzlies have got to do better next time they play them. And they got one more crack at them, and and this third game will be – that'll be big. It probably will. They have split, and you need to – again, you're playing to not have to play in the play-in game. So you don't want to finish fifth. You don't want to finish fourth. You want to finish in the top three. And right now, it looks like uh, Mineral Area is a shoe-in to be in the top three. Moberly just barely beat Three Rivers last night, beat them by one, 87 to 86 at Poplar Bluff. And so Coach Fay said something interesting. I, in fact, I've heard him say it twice. He thinks that Three Rivers has the most talent of any team in the region. Really? I thought I thought that was very interesting. They've got several guys that can really shoot the basketball. They've got guys that know what their roles are on the basketball team. And, you know, their top eight is really good. So it wouldn't be a big surprise to see three Rivers emerge from this. And I don't know if they won't finish first in the league, but in, in the region, but they, they got a great chance to finish in that top three, which is what you want.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, you know, again, uh, the the Grizzlies will be in action Saturday on the road at Moberly. That game will be broadcast on Hot Country KDY 102.5. You get to see
1: that nice scenic drive from here to Moberly. That's right. What Uh, an experience. We'll see if you go another time.
0: Yeah, (laughs) well, you know, probably
1: Well, afterwards we could catch uh the Mizzou Tigers something well but anyway you got plenty of scenery to uh, entertain you between here and there that's for sure yeah and that scary bridge (laughs) I love that bridge yeah you see how low the water is on the river
0: well that again is Saturday night and uh other
1: sports that before you get off basketball right there's one thing I want to mention I've been meaning to mention this the last two weeks I keep forgetting it I'm not going to forget this week There's one basketball program that does not get anywhere near the attention that they should because of their year-in, year-out excellence, and over the past four years in particular. The Drury Lady Panthers have compiled—now, listen to this. They've compiled a record in the last four seasons in the Great Lakes Valley Conference— their four year record is 118 wins and eight losses. 118 and eight. That breaks down to a year to year record on average of 29 wins and two losses. Now, last year they got banged out of a national championship because of COVID. The whole thing just went screeching, uh, stop, and no more basketball they probably would have won the national championship last year or at least been right there. Been right there, yeah. With a chance to win it. This year, they're 18-1. and one. They beat Indianapolis last night by four, and they'll play in the conference semifinals, I think Friday, and Saturday, Friday night and then the championship on Saturday if they win. Indianapolis was only 11-11, and 11, and this game was played in Springfield. And so that's kind of interesting, but again— you know, it goes back to how are you playing this time of the year? Indianapolis obviously was playing pretty good to play them within four points. But West Plains' uh, Peyton Richards mm-hmm. got third team all-conference this season. You know, Peyton has had a really good career there. She's averaged uh, this season, averaged eight points a game. She's 10th in the conference in steals and has been – has really fit in extremely well with that Drury program. And it's really something be able to point back on your – college career and say that we averaged 29 wins and two losses over four seasons we'll see they and they may be good enough to win it all this year they're ranked third in the nation right now Mm -hmm. so they'll have a crack at it well and you know good luck to to Peyton. and again you know
0: that's just awesome for her and for the west plains community and and just south southwest missouri as well
1: people i mean if you put their success into perspective there's not a whole lot of different teams in especially in basketball that can you know, that can talk about having that kind of success over four year now this goes back more than four years, their overall success with the Dury Lady Panthers. But you know, really, the uh in the Missouri State Lady Bears, they've had a very good year. They're seventeenth in the nation. Right. In <laughs> in, in division one. Yeah, but, but I notice and really hear more about the Lady Panthers yeah. than I do the uh, Lady Bears. But two really good teams there in Springfield on the uh, women's side of things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you
0: know, we're in March, so a lot, there's a lot of conference tournaments now that's going to be getting underway. The Missouri Valley, the SEC, uh, Mizzou picked up a win last night and a good win over Florida. Oh, that Florida. was a
1: great win. If anyone was thinking about knocking Mizzou down in the seedings, well, last night really helped because they won a really good game against a really good team and not only beat them, but made them like it. Well, 70 to 46, I think was no, the final. No, it was a it was a it was actually a buzzer beater. Oh, it was. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got a whole another game on my mind. Yeah. They did make a shot at the end uh I Was trying to think. If I say Smith, well, I could be anybody. Uh, yeah, because there's two of them. It
0: was uh, Drew, Drew Smith. Smith. He hit the game winner uh, to lift Mizzou over Florida at Florida. First time Missouri's ever won at Florida, too. Yeah, seventy-two seventy, and um, you know because right now they're starting the seeding for the SEC tournament is going to be coming out. This weekend, it's a now the Missouri Tigers have another big win, a big game in front of them Saturday, when they take on LSU. They really, they really need to win that ball game as well, uh, because kind of like what you were saying with uh, Region 16, the Missouri State West Plains Grizzlies. You you, you want to get you want to get either you want to get the double by in the SEC tournament, or at least the single by. You want
1: to be in one of those spots. Sure. The less games you have to play, the better. And you know what happens when you get these postseason tournaments and they talk about who should be in, who shouldn't be in? They don't talk really about how much you beat someone by. You know, you could beat them by 15, 20, or two, but you don't hear that mention much. What you'll hear, they'll say, well, so-and-so, they beat uh, Florida and Kentucky in Tennessee or and what and whatever. They don't necessarily talk about the margin of win. Just simply the fact that you won is good enough. And boy, mm-hmm. that's a really a good, that's a great win for Missouri uh to beat Florida on the road. Well,
0: again, if you look at Missouri's schedule and the teams that they have beaten um, you know, uh, well, they beat Alabama that's another well, huge right. win well they beat a top 10 team illinois uh they've beat uh nationally ranked team tennessee they beat nationally ranked team arkansas they've beat nationally ranked team uh, uh uh alabama uh you know
1: i mean they they've got some great wins under their belts and the even though they haven't had a typical year for them, the fact that Mizzou beat Kentucky, yeah, is a big deal too. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a that's a quality win regardless. Well, and you know now Mizzou kind of went on a they
0: lost they lost three in a row, but they had injuries. They had you know Jeremiah Tillman was off on on family first leave. family leave. So, but that does not matter. You know, it, like you were saying, you know, when they're looking at all, they're looking at is a W or an L. Hmm. They don't care by how much, uh, but whether you won or lost, and that little three game stretch because they lost to Ole Miss, and uh, that one
1: that's that's a bad loss. Well, you can have some bad losses if your good loss good wins outweigh your bad losses, and I think Missouri's Missouri does that. Oh yeah,
0: absolutely, absolutely. But uh, now they're you know people are healthy, people are back
1: and uh, maybe they can get back on track. So, and that will help your seed because you don't want to be an eight seed or a nine seed. That puts no. you in the toughest game in your bracket. Right. What you want is to be – to get one taught, of those buys. Yeah, or get – you're talking about the conference tournament. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm talking about the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. But if you get an eight or nine seed, if you get – and they're going to get in the national tournament.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think if, if Missouri, they've got this LSU game – and there's still a Texas A&M game, but Texas A&M men's basketball, I don't think that'll be played because uh, it's just too late. There's just not enough time. But Mizzou wins the LSU game, and they win. They have a good showing in the SEC tournament. I i think they could see a seven or better seed.
1: Oh, Yeah. Definitely, you mean in the national bracket. In the national bracket, uh, if know. they beat LSU, they get in their conference tournament. And if they, I think, if, all they have to do in the conference tournament is to win a game. If they win a game, that pushes their win total up, and in the conference tournament, and some of it may depend on who they actually play. But mm-hmm. you know that they can play with Alabama, and that's as good as there is in the league right now. Well, right now it's
0: Arkansas. Arkansas is probably the best team play. Arkansas is playing the best right now. Well, and Missouri's already beaten them. Beaten them once, lost to them once. Again, lost to them without Tillman. And but the Missouri Tigers are 15 and seven. So, if they could get up there at 18, you know, wins, uh, I think they're going to be setting pretty. I think they're going to be setting in really good shape. So that'll be it'll be interesting to see how that all pans out but uh you know it, it's here and this it, is a fun time of year we every year for i don't know last five or six years we've always done our own little ncaa bracket and thrown it
1: away well hey i won it last year. second day well I just, I just guess you know <clears throat> well that's all everybody does but mm-hmm. you got to be a good guesser you know the one thing that's <clears throat> different about one thing that all th- almost all teams have in common anymore the way the game is played that if you go through a if you go in a shooting slump, that really sets teams back because so many teams rely on the three point shot anymore. It's if your three point game goes sour, you're in a lot of trouble. The one thing the Missouri has that other teams don't is they they have a big guy that they can throw the ball to. If the ball's not going in, mm-hmm. Tillman is such a different player than he's been the last yeah. few years that it, they can, they have the option of getting him the basketball Inside and their outside shooting, I think, takes some pressure off of him, gives him more room to move around, so yeah. to speak. Well, and the thing that I really like about Mizzou and their chances
0: this year in in the big tournament is is um, experience, age. You know, you see a lot of these teams. Uh, Butler is a, is a good example. And we you never heard, really heard much of Butler. You know, well. They got seniors, you know, they've got, they're, they're putting out three seniors, four seniors. And, you know, I get it that a, a kid out of high school like Muhammad at, uh, at Greenwood, he's going to come out. He's going to be, uh, he's a McDonald's All-American. And, but, you know, he's in college. He's 18, 19 years old. Now, Mizzou, like Tillman, Jeremiah Tillman's, he's 22 years old you know, um, there is a difference. Physically, there is a difference. Oh, yeah, there's a and, huge difference. And so you see these teams like Butler and Gonzaga and, you know, these these other teams that always, Xavier, that always seem to make a good run,
1: a good showing in the tournament. It's age. Well, a lot of it is, like you said, if you walk out there as a freshman and you're playing against a 22-year-old, in most cases, you're talking about Boys playing against men, exactly, and that there's a there's a lot of things that are attached to that that gives the older player uh, an advantage, especially a team that's got multiple guys
0: like that. And that's the Missouri's deep. Missouri's not just okay. We got we got a decent five that we put out there, and then boy, we really kind of you know things
1: kind of drop off. But a year's difference has made a lot of difference for Missouri. Yes, you know. Things change. Players mature. Tillman is the biggest example of it. But their other people have done a good job in shooting the ball, scoring the ball. Uh, Pinson is oh, kind of hit or miss. When he's playing well, though, he may, he's a difference maker. Well, the thing about Pinson is he doesn't turn the ball over.
0: He runs the offense. And the last couple of years – Uh, Mizzou, they just had a bad problem turning the ball over. And they could never really get into any offense because of the turnovers. Bad, errant passes. Well, Pinson has kind of solidified that. And then the two Smiths, you know, I mean, they're playing lights out. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see what the Missouri Tigers do, as well as Arkansas. Arkansas is going to be a huge threat in the SEC tournament and the national tournament because they're playing really, really good. It's going to be interesting to see. Kentucky may have to win the tournament to get in. Yeah. I I don't – and I don't see that happening. I don't think – Kentucky will not make the big tournament. They'll get in the NIA or, you know, the
1: um, – Not the NAIA, but you're talking about the NIT. NIT, yeah. They'll get into that.
0: But uh, we'll – you know. It's just – it's kind of a weird year. Now, shifting gears to baseball, the St. Louis Cardinals in – the Grapefruit League—they have one win, two ties, no losses. Impressed?
1: No, because my policy is I ignore spring training. Mm-hmm. I wait till spring training is over, and then look at the numbers, <clears throat> and then determine at that point. Because look, <laughs> you go out in these spring training games, yeah. and somebody goes out there and just lights it up with the bat, hits three home runs, or and you know goes uh, five for six. Well, who did they do it against? They did it against Pittsburgh's low A-ball pitching rotation. Right. You know, it doesn't mean anything. So it's good to get some base hits, but uh, Matt Carpenter's still under the illusion he's going to be the second baseman, I guess. Well, yeah. I read that this morning. He thinks that he says he doesn't want to be a part-time player. Well, wave your no-trade clause. And get someone to take a bunch of that salary, and they can probably fix that somewhere. Or play really, really good. Or play really good. There's always that option. But
0: can you speed that bat up a little? The bit? The sample size is speaks volumes yep. of where you know the numbers. Where that's at the numbers don't lie. Sometimes
1: statistics lie. Sometimes they tell the exact truth, and they tell the exact truth with him. Right.
0: And it's it's still I, I'm really curious. You know, the thing that I've been hearing the most is. They really want Harrison Bader to be <sighs> the leadoff hitter. They really, really want they want to put, you know, him someone there, that can't hit the ball in the leadoff spot, and Dylan Carlson batting second. Um, I, for me, again, I I hated to throw a young player like that. You know, I mean, in the heat of the fire, Fernando Tatis, he didn't when he when they brought him up. He wasn't top of the order. He started down there towards the bottom and earned, worked his way to the top of the order. Um, and that's kind
1: of how I think it should be, you know. I mean. Now, are you talking, which Fernando Tatis are you, talk- are you talking Junior. about? Junior. Oh, the, at San Diego. At San Diego. Yeah. He didn't come up and they said, okay, here you go. You're going to hit third. Well, no, but once they saw how he hit,
0: he was hitting he, third pretty fast. He moved up. Right. He moved up. But, uh I think the sample size on Harrison Bader is really good. Defender, top-notch speed,
1: cannot steal first, get on base. (laughs) It's just yeah. How long? How many guys can you find in in the minors that would fit that profile? That can run like the wind, can go catch anything, has great speed. 90%. And can't hit a stinking breaking ball. 90%, if not 95%. That's the difference between minor leaguers and major leaguers. Right. Yet you're being force-fed this guy to try and fit into that profile. He is a square square peg they're trying to pound into a round hole. And it just hasn't worked. And who knows, maybe this year something magical will happen. I'll have to see it to believe it or believe it to see it maybe well you know uh the and pitching i don't
0: uh i don't know it, it's i am with you you know i look at at spring training baseball just like I look at a high school football jamboree who cares who cares what you know i mean there's just when march twenty eighth I think is the first game regular season i think. Uh that's when you can start going, okay, you know, you'll have a better idea. But uh the division is up for grabs.
1: Um we shall see how, how that pans out. But the Cardinals are so freaked out over the Randy Rosarina deal. And they're so now so gun shy yes. to make a any kind of a move with their other young outfielders. Well, they didn't give Randy Rosarina a chance. I know. He had a handful of it bats and really, I thought, looked pretty good when he did play. But they just kind of cast him off and sent him off Tampa Bay, and and the rest is history, so to speak. But, you know, there's guys you need, with what, the way the outfield is right now for the Cardinals, you, you really need some, uh, some, a veteran player to throw into that mix. One guy that's available is Giannis Espetas. I was just fixing to say that. And he played for the A's, the Mets. As been his problem is he's hurt a lot when he's not hurt, he puts up some really good numbers. So, if you brought him in and made him your right fielder, a right fielder, or right, right and, fielder. and played him maybe I don't know two thirds of the games and gave him plenty of time off so his body could recover, I think you'd be looking at a guy that could really give you. Something extra there in the outfield. Well, he's thirty-two years old, and now for all these people that follow the
0: MLB network and ESP, you know, they they've got because of analytics, you know. You're pounding the table. I know because I hate analytics. I I mean I I <laughs> I just the, he's you know if you're thirty-two, you're too old. You know, you're just they they want to just push these guys away now. Thirty-two.
1: That's your. Pr- that should be your prime.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, you, you you still you can move, you can run, you can jump, you can throw, you can hit, and that's what the Cardinals need. That is truly what. Now, here's the thing: Cespedes is not going to be a a one or two hitter. You know. I, well, I'm not. I, I no, I can't say that he's not a leadoff hitter. I don't know how
1: fast he is. What kind of wheels he's got? He could be a two hitter. You know, I think he's had a little knee trouble, but he can you, hit. If you stick him in the lineup, then you've got, then you've got uh, Goldschmidt, Arenado, him, and DeYoung hitting back to back to back to back. Now you got a problem for an opposing pitcher. Well, yeah. The only problem with that is all four of those guys are right-hand hitters. So, you know, if you're susceptible to right-hand pitching, that could be a problem. That's where Dylan Carlson could really help, depending on where you wanted to use him. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now, Now, Cespedes is a guy that will hit for power, but, again, he carries that cardinal disease of striking out a lot. And so you're going to have to put up with some of that. If you pick him up and there's, there's nothing that suggests that the Cardinals are even thinking about doing that. In fact, I think Suspettis, uh worked out the other day for some teams and the Cardinals didn't even show up. Yeah. So, well, um, the Cardinals
0: will there. I mean, there's a lot of spring training left, but You know the Cardinals; they've got to. uh, They got. They got a lot to figure out. You know, I mean, uh, they, the NL Central has a lot to figure out. Unless you're Pittsburgh, and it's like, look, we're just cashing in. We're going to rebuild. We're, you know, we're tanking. We're going to try. We're going to play hard. We're going to try to win. But, you know, we're just going to let this season go. And
1: And you know the one team no one mentions at all when you talk about this. No, Milwaukee. Oh, or I'm sorry. Yeah, Milwaukee. And yeah. And you know what?
0: Milwaukee's got some good sticks still in, you know, Kane's still there. Um, they've got the uh, the other guy they got from uh, Miami, um, center fielder. Great player. One was the M- MVP a couple years ago. Um, oh, Yelich. Yeah, Christian Yelich. You know, I mean, they're they're going to be all right. And they got right, arguably the best closer in the division right now.
1: Yeah, they've got they've still got pieces that they can compete. And the fact they picked up Colton Wong showed that you know they're interested, in, and that'll make that'll make their pitching better. Well, they'll well, see. They just solidified their one, two, three hitters. You know, Wong will,
0: will lead off, and you'll have Kane batting second, Yelich batting third and then who knows who knows well they have kansas city's royals old third baseman that was on their world series
1: team um Um, i'll bring it up i'm trying to but uh what's his name mustakis mustakis he plays for cincinnati
0: oh that's yeah
1: that's right I was trying to think of somebody other than Stockus, but no, that's no. He was there briefly. In fact, they had him at second base. Yeah, yeah, that's that. You're correct. So here's uh,
0: here's I'm bringing up their depth chart, and this is uh, the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, okay, uh, they've got center field, or that's closer. They've got Omar Navarre's catching, and. Uh, Keston Herrera at first base. Colton Wong at second. uh, Kristen Yelich, Lorenzo Cain. Oh, yeah, they got Jackie Brantley Jr. uh, to play right field. So they got some pop in their lineup. You know, it's how far will their starting pitching carry them. And, you know, everybody was touting about the St. Louis Cardinals starting pitching. I don't know. I'm not so sure that the Cardinals starting pitching is that is any better than anyone
1: else, you know, in the, in the central. Well, there's three, three potential problems with the Cardinals starting. Number one is the word if. If Wainwright can come Do, back and, and pitch close to what he did last year, you're not going to have Dakota Hudson. This he's, year, yeah, he's out. That's a big. That's a big miss. Will Flaherty go back to pitching the way he did the year before? He he did not have a good year last year. So it is and talk about the ifs. Michaelis is he going to be reliable? You don't know. You don't know. There's just a whole lot of don't knows that are attached to this whole thing. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's not a lot of proven.
0: You know, Carlos Martinez. Well. Who knows? Who knows what you're going to get
1: with Carlos? How about Reyes? Is he going to be a starter? Is he going to be a reliever? Is he going to be the closer? Uh, they got to figure out what to do with Martinez. Well, right. I mean, he wants to be a starter, but I don't. I think they're done with that. The well, the one kid I would
0: like to see the Cardinals give a shot at uh, starting uh, is he they were using
1: him in the bullpen quite a bit John Gant Yeah, John Gantt is a guy that 2 years ago was great. He is one of the best starters in the majors in, in fact. And uh, toward the end of the year he started getting lit up. And But the, they used him so much. Well, yeah, I mean, his arm was ready to fall off. Yeah. Pretty much. Who is the guy that Matheny had that he was it Bowman? Yeah, that he used to run out there every single solitary day, and I don't know how they think they can get away with that, or just think, well, look, I'll just use him till he's used up. Then we'll just push him off to the side, then we'll bring somebody else in. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's kind of the way Bowman was. Bowman would come into tie games or games where they got behind early, had to pinch hit, and he was out there for you know three innings usually, and man alive mm-hmm. you look at the innings the old the timers through and you think well why are they not able to pitch like that in this day and age i i, I can't I, I don't know the answer to that but i do know this they use bowman way way too much and it's happened to a lot of other pitchers well i i feel i have
0: more confidence in the depth in the youth movement in the cardinals pitching
1: department than i do their position players well you know why that is because the track record has shown they know what they're doing when it comes to pitchers. They don't. With with, with position players, Yeah, not so much. Their, their
0: evaluation of talent, you know, because, again, like you mentioned, the guy that they traded away to Tampa Bay, a lot of people says, well, who would have known? Well, a, a really good scout, a really good person who evaluates your talent would have known that.
1: Well, I would think you would throw all those names, you put all those guys side by side, and someone that could really de- – Really, no talent, and be able to figure out stuff like that. You could look at that group, and Rosario would be one of the first ones you'd pick out to keep. Mm-hmm. You know, well, and here's he, a guy, and they traded him without really any major league service time. Right. So, if you're going to make a trade, if you're the other side, well, is is he just a throw-in? Because how can you know how good a player he is when you've got other established guys like O'Neill or Bader, or maybe even Lane Thomas? Well, they didn't ask for them, evidently, or didn't get them, right? And so they get. Well, no, we'll give you a Randy. Ro- okay, great. He'll just set some playoff records. Well,
0: I, I just, I think that's what frustrates a lot of Cardinal fans. Is we hear, and we're going to hear it this year, all year long, the talk about these minor leaguers and how good they are, and you know, top prospect, and
1: well, the minor leagues got canceled last year, right? So the progress of any of these potential uh, call-ups is not going to be as good. They're they're going to be trying to make up some ground. And, you know, the one thing that has been torpedoed by this pandemic when it comes to baseball is the minor leagues because that's where the next generation is all going to come from. Mm -hmm. Well, that's been set back. It's been set back at least a year, maybe a couple of years, and the lower levels are the ones that really suffer. And they, they talk about a limited crowd being admitted to AAA games in Memphis this year. But but it's not just Memphis. I mean, it goes down to Johnson City. It goes down to uh, Springfield. Yeah. To the to the rookie ball, low-level A ball. It goes way down. There's a lot of teams the Cardinals have in the minors. They develop players. And a lot of those guys got next to nothing right. last year. Well, this just came out. Miles
0: Mikolas starting pitcher for the Kansas, or for the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, president of baseball operations, John Moselock, has Uh-oh. revealed that Miklas is dealing
1: with a shoulder injury. That didn't take long, did it? And his issue wasn't his shoulder was. I thought it was his elbow, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, he had Tommy John surgery. Right. So now this is something else. And you know what happens? Guys come back from injury, trying to get over the injury, and they strain or hurt something well, else. Well, they they overcompensate, try and take stress off the elbow. Well, probably put a little bit more on the shoulder, and so it's balking now. So here you go. You know, it's it's <laughs> it's it's a long road, but this pitching thing is so precarious, so precarious. So there's one arm they were counting on that they probably can't, and they're going to do. Probably what they didn't want to do. And that's put Carlos Martinez back in the rotation. Yeah. Well, and there's still some starting pitchers that's out
0: there and that the Cardinals could pursue. And I understand some of these pitchers are wanting a three, four year deal. Uh, I totally get, well, we just want a one year deal. You know, I, I totally get that. But uh, yeah, it will be interesting to see what the Cardinals do and how. They, um, you know, avoid not slipping and tripping up because they've made a pretty pretty big investment in this team to uh, you know start building on in the future with the trade that they when they got Nolan Arenado. But would they just go ahead and get Jake Odorizzi and I, get it yeah, over with? I, I I'm with you. You know, I don't I don't know a lot about him. I don't know his stats and you know was he did he just have a good year last year? Or has he been good? You know, the last few years. But as how you had mentioned earlier in this in this podcast, the Cardinals are so freaked out about letting anybody go because you got the Rose Arena, you've got you know the other players that Tommy Fams and all these other players they let go, and they've turned out to just be great players on other teams. That on the other side, the Cardinals have win after pitchers, good pitchers, that and then they bring them in. And there you go. They, you know, I mean, the list of pitchers they brought in has just been, and the luck they've had with them has not
1: been that great. Well, it's a domino effect, too. Sometimes when people go down, pitchers, when they get hurt, all right, then you start, you start the Congo line from AAA and calling people up to fill spots. And a lot of the times, a lot of those pitchers are pitching in a different situation than they would have in AAA for instance you would be a starter at AAA used to a routine and then you come up to the major league team and you end up being used an inning maybe two for 3 days in a row yeah you and and, and players aren't used to that if they get Otezzi that would be he's he's he has had no arm trouble and he we'll pitch probably 150, 200 innings. And that would be great. And that's something – it may be more of a numbers game as far as how many innings you can get out of a guy than necessarily will be you know, uh, just overall production. So we'll we'll see about that. We shall see. Uh, Well, I tell you what, I think we've covered about as
0: much as we cover. Uh, That is your Ozarks Overtime. I'm Gary Lee. I'm Harlan Hutchison. And we'll see you next week.